Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite. Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. Sports, entertainment, little to no culture. It's time for Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Ed Graney and Adam Hill. Hey, welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by Blue Wire. We're your hosts, Ed Graney and Adam Hill, and we're here each week to give you some of our thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders before entering into the world of news and topics we find interesting. There's going to be a little talk about chili later on in this podcast. But here we go, Adam. Uh, uh, here we are. We're both in Cincinnati, adjoining rooms. I was going to pound on the wall if you're any later than you were, but you actually showed up a little on time. Um, here in Cincinnati, a little cold, probably going to miss some bad weather. Before we get to the game on Saturday tomorrow, I wanted to go back because I know you probably uh, watched film after this and you studied this game, the first game between these two, 32-13 on November 21st, the Bengals won. I think a lot of people forget that was a 16-13 game with about 11 minutes left in the game. Uh, Carr threw that 19-yard touchdown pass to Foster Rowe, and they were really in it. Uh, what do you remember about that? Because those last 11 minutes belonged to Cincinnati. Burrow had a touchdown to Jamar Chase. Mixon ran kind of crazy. They had a field goal. Um, what did you make of that last quarter, and can we bring anything of that into this game, or is it going to be completely new? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those games, and I actually did go back and watch the game this week, and it, it's one of those games where the final score definitely did not – was not indicative of how the game played out. It was it was a really close game, as you mentioned, with six minutes left in the game. It was it was sixteen thirteen. Right. Um, so it was a three point game. Um, Bengals kind of took over down the stretch as the uh, the Raiders tried to play catch up a little bit. But um, yeah, that game was much much closer uh, than than that score would indicate. So uh, I, I think both teams will kind of look back and see what they did well. Uh, the Bengals, who have had a really really explosive passing attack the last month of the season. Uh, ran the ball 30 times. and that, well, Actually, they ran it more than 30 times. Joe Mixon ran it 30 times himself in that game. So they really wanted to attack the Raiders' run defense. Um, I, I know a lot of people have you know made a big deal of the fact that you know the Raiders did hold Jamar Chase to three catches for 32 yards. One was that touchdown late. Joe Burrow only threw for 148 yards. But the Bengals really didn't try to throw the ball that much. They, they were intent on uh, beating the Raiders on the ground. So uh, I, I think both teams will come out of that you know, from that matchup and the Bengals will say, well, we know we can throw the ball better than we did last time. And uh, the Raiders will say, you know, we think, you know, we, we think we did a good job against Jamar Chase in that passing game. So um, I think both teams will take that away from it. The Raiders didn't do much offensively. And I think that's probably the bigger concern for the Raiders in this game. Uh, They weren't really able to move the ball that well uh, in that, in that matchup against the Bengals. So they're going to have to make some adjustments offensively. Uh, I think with the adjustment the Bengals might make is they, they probably throw more than they did last time or at least try to, although the weather uh, could be a factor there. Um, you know, But I think both teams can take some positives and some negatives away from what they did. Uh, the one thing is, is on Jamar Chase, which was really in- interesting from that matchup. I just assumed, um, without going back and looking, that it was a lot of Casey Hayward because Casey Hayward has had such an um, unbelievable season uh, as a corner. And I just assumed, well, they probably had Casey Hayward on – um, Jamar Chase a lot in that matchup. Jamar Chase clearly their most explosive player uh, on the Bengals side. They do they do have more weapons, but 
Chase is that guy. And really wasn't. It was a lot of uh, Brandon face on uh, that covered Jamar Chase in that game. And, you know, I think the, st- the stats will tell you uh, that face on had a good game against him and, and pretty much shut him down. But, you know, watching back, there was a lot of chances where the Bengals had Jamar Chase open uh, and either just didn't throw to him or the pressure got to Joe Burrow and he wasn't able to, um, you know, to find him. Uh, but Jamar Chase was open quite a bit. So the Raiders will have to to figure that out, uh, cover him up a little bit better. Uh, but we know that this that's what that Raiders team does. I mean, the, the front four helps that secondary immensely, and they were really able to get to Burrow in that first matchup. Uh, and, you know, the Bengals have a pretty solid offensive line, but the right side of the line is kind of a disaster. And, you know, Max Crosby was able to exploit that. So uh, a lot of things to take away from that game film. But uh, I think the biggest thing that stands out is that game absolutely was not a blowout uh, like a lot of people are trying to make it out to me. Yeah, like you mentioned, Burrow was 20 of 29 for 148, a touchdown. Uh, Mixon ran for the 123. Carr on the other side, 19 of 27 for 215, touchdown and interception. But the Bengals limited Josh Jacobs to 37 yards on nine carries. I think we'll both agree this is a uh, different Josh Jacobs uh, than the Bengals saw the last time. You mentioned the weather. I think we're going to avoid the snow. Um, and – like you and I were talking about in the car last night, come over to the hotel, like rain and wind to me are like brutal snow. You might be able to do, you kind of know what you're going to have to do and run the ball, but it's weird that I say this, that snow might even be better for teams than rain and wind, which the wind just like kills people. Yeah. Um, but talk a little bit about Josh Jacobs. Cause I think this is a different Jacobs than uh, the Bengals saw before. And I, I think he's playing, you know, he's been banged up a little, but this four game winning streak, he's had some nice games. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it's a different Josh Jacobs. I mean, it, it's different statistically for sure. And and Jacobs is running harder and, and I think running with more authority and more confidence. Uh, but I, I'm going to say that's mostly the offensive line. Um, you know, he's he's kind of been that player. And I think that there was times where he lost the confidence a little bit uh, in the line. And, you know, he would take the ball and, and he'd already try to be looking for, you know, what what can I possibly make out of this and not trusting that there was going to be a gap there and, and all of those things. And now I think it's different because the offensive line is playing better. I mean, they still struggle at times. Um, this is not not by any means a great offensive line. But Colt Miller has been steady all season. Um, Simpson has been decent against the run um, for much of the year, uh, but, you know, not, not necessarily great. Uh, Andre James is the one that I really want to highlight here. And Andre James – you know, took a lot of criticism yeah, early been, in the year. He's been very good lately. Yeah, early in the year took a lot of criticism, obviously, and and the Raiders made that conscious decision to move, uh, you know, move from you know Rodney Hudson on to, uh, on to, on to Andre James, and the transition didn't go well because James wasn't very good, and that kind of changed midway through the year, and he started to play a little bit better, and then lately it's been, you know, very good. He he's been great the last few games, and I think that has been a a major factor in why the running game has gotten going uh, the way that it has is that, you know, you don't, you know, it needs, it needs to be a cohesive unit. They need to be all be working together. But, you know, when you have a center that's playing at the high level that Andre James is, it really helps the entire unit. I mean, that's the guy that uh, is calling a lot of the plays, calling a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the, the directions and the, you know, the protections and that thing in the passing game, but also, you know, kind of engineering that running game. And he's been getting to that second level. I think, you know, no play signifies that better than uh, the draw play to, to Jalen Richard that they picked up third and 23. I mean, he got to the second level. He took out about three guys. And, you know, that was a very impressive play, but it was indicative of how he's been playing lately. Brandon Parker's been up and down. He's had some really good games. 
Um, I think it was back in the Cleveland game. Maybe he was very, very good. Um, but he's been he's been up and down, but good enough lately. But really, it's Andre James in the middle that has really taken this thing to a new level. And I think uh, that is a major reason why that running game has been able to get going. All right, let's get to Sunday then. Like we said, we're not really sure what the weather's going to be, even though it is going to be cold. How much do you put in? And it's, I think it's only a five-game uh, worth of evidence. Uh, at least I saw uh, records this week that speaks to that. How much do you put to uh, reality or how factual it is, or uh, it's going to be factual, but how important it is that Derek Carr just has not performed well in cold weather because I think it's easy to throw stats out like that and just kind of put it on him. But unless you're going to go over each game and see what happened in each game and see, you know, the ebb and flow and turnovers and everything that happened on the other side of the ball. Sometimes I think those stats are, I don't want to say unfair, but I don't really pay attention to them that much. If it's only a handful of games. Now, if he's one in 30 and below 30 or 40 degrees, then you might have something there. But do you think this is going to bother him? And how much weight do you put in those kind of stats when there's just not a whole amount of evidence that, hey, if he goes into cold weather, he just can't win? Yeah, it's a really it's a t- it's a tough one to, you know, to approach. And, and you're right. I think you have to look at it more individually. Um, you know, first of all, hopefully not here Sunday still. It's, it's Saturday. Let's hope they don't move it like they did the Cleveland Oh, game. did I say Sunday? Uh, it's Saturday. Let's hope it is tomorrow. We're yeah. on a plane Sunday going home. We don't want to be stuck in Ohio again no, like last this, time. Which this, is is not your, this is not your favorite place. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it, it, it is tough to say because statistically, yeah, I think your stats are going to be worse in cold weather, right? I mean, that's just obvious. There's no – you know, that's not a tough one to figure out. And and almost every one of those games, in fact, I'll say every game that we would consider a cold weather game has been a road game too, right? So it's more difficult to play on the road uh, for sure. You know, I, I, I and he has a little bit bigger sample size, but, you know, this is this is a critique that is also going on uh, in, of all places, Buffalo, where Josh Allen has stuck in cold weather. Um, I think in cold weather, by the way. The, the fans want a dome. In Buffalo, because there is Josh Allen, who a lot of people look at as an elite quarterback. I don't, but a lot of people see as an elite quarterback can't play in the cold weather. Um, so it's not just Derek Carr. Like he's not by himself, but I think the record is the bigger thing, right? I mean, statistically, you're going to be worse. You're not going to play as well uh, in those conditions. But um, when you are struggling record wise, which he has, and there's no doubt about it, uh, you know, that is what matters because both teams are playing in the same conditions then, right? So it's not their stats. It's whether you're winning or losing, and they have lost uh, consistently. But let's also look back and say, well, their road record hasn't been great over this time anyway. Um, it's not like it's that much different uh, than, than what it is in the cold. Um, I think most of this narrative uh, is mo- is born from you know the Jack Del Rio you know situation where Jack Del Rio, former coach of the Raiders kind of went public and said, well, we know that Derek Carr struggles in the cold weather, and he was his coach. Right. So that's where this kind of really started. That's where the narrative picked up. So I think it is more narrative than anything else. Um, but he has addressed it. I mean, he he played decently uh, in the Cleveland game. I mean, it was a depleted roster, and, um, you know, it was not Cleveland being at full strength, but they went into Cleveland and got a road win. So uh, it's, not, it's not impossible. It's not crazy to think that, you know, he could have a, a good game. And I think he – you know, he, it's a little bit extra motivation, right? I mean, he he knows it's not just that he's never won a playoff game and never even been in a playoff game and had that criticism, but he he knows the criticism is there that he struggles in the cold weather and can't win in cold weather. So I think he's going to, you know, kind of take that on his shoulders and take it as a challenge as well. And we've seen him, especially this year, answer all challenges. 
Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. I want to talk about next, I want to talk about the Cincinnati side of things, because I don't think Burrow was completely healthy uh, when they played the first time, even though, like you said, he had the Jamar Chase touchdown late, and he, you know his numbers weren't you know, outstanding, but they weren't bad either. Uh, we've seen him lately. I mean, he had the 500 yard game. He's passed for a thousand yards, like two or three weeks. Um, you made a good point, I think, about the front of the Raiders and how good it's been. We know Max Crosby was a second team All Pro pick today. A um, couple other guys made the All Pro. We can talk about in a minute. But talk to me about what you've seen from Joe Burrow and kind of this resurgence uh, when you know he had they had Mixon on the COVID list. He's back now, but Jamar Chase and what he's been able to do with him. Will we see a different Joe Burrow than we saw at Allegiant Stadium? Yeah, I think for sure. And, and I, it does begin, you know, as you were referencing there with. Uh, him being healthy and he has, you know, that first meeting, um, I think you would look back and, you know, you don't want to throw it away. You want to see what they do, you know, schematically and all of that. But um, that was not the Joe Burrow that, you know, we have seen the last month for sure. Um, he is, he appears to be feeling a lot healthier. Uh, he also had a week off because they rested their starters last week um, in, you know, in the Cleveland game. So, you know, a lot of people, if you haven't been paying close attention to Cincinnati and you're preparing for this game and you're like, Oh, they just, they just lost to Cleveland. Well, that was because they didn't send most of their starters on that trip. They just had a, a playoff spot berth. The AFC North was clinched, and so uh, they just kind of uh, let their starters stay home and rest. And Joe Burrow getting a week of rest, I think, is very good uh, for this team, although it may have taken him out of his rhythm because he was playing at the best level he had in his whole career the previous three games. Uh, but we have seen you know, what he can do when he's healthy. And, um, you know, it, it's – it's a combination of him being healthy and also them having a, just a really explosive offense. Cause not only, you know, Mixon has been their offense the last couple of years, but when, you know, when Burrow's healthy, um, a lot of people are freaking out about his, the numbers that he's putting up, but um, let's, let's consider that, you know, <laughs> they have one of the best receiving cores in all of the NFL and it becomes a little bit easier to play quarterback when you, you know, you can chuck the ball out to Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd and um, T Higgins and even, you know, CJ Uzama, the tight end who, uh, has put up a couple of really massive games this year. So um, he's got weapons for sure to work with. Uh, and I think that's really what scares you the most because, you know, Joe Burrow, of course, is the guy getting them the ball. But, um, you know, I, I don't think with a lesser receiving core, he would scare you quite as much. And, you know, we've we've seen that. And, you know, the biggest knock on, on Joe Burrow in last year, he looked good coming out of the gates, but um, really almost historically bad as a deep ball thrower in his rookie year. And, and, you know, that was something that he kind of figured out. And I think Jamar Chase is the one that figured that out. You know, he went back to the guy that he had in college and, um, you know, he, 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 he saw that he can just throw it up to him deep and he trusts him and he knows he's going to go get the ball for him. And uh, that has helped him for sure. So Joe Burrow's coming to his own as, as a guy that can throw the ball down the field. Um, but I think that is a lot of, you know, just having that trust level. Uh, in a guy like Jamar Chase and the fact that they've worked together for so long and they know what each other is going to do, that's what I think makes it so dangerous uh, for the defense. All right, you uh, have props with us each week um, with Vegas Nation. You're leading the props betting. Uh, congratulations to you. I guess with each passing week, we're going to continue to do these crazy props. So what I'm going to do right now, though, for next week, uh, if we have one of these next week, I guess depending on if they win or not, uh, maybe we'll do we'll do a season wrap-up for sure. Um we're going to go through each game in the NFL playoffs, and I'm going to talk to you about Ohio and Chile. We're going to see who gets oh. these. Um, Bengals, Raiders, I'm going to say 
Cincy 23, Raiders 17. Mm, so right on the number. Uh, I mean, it's gone down a little bit, but it opened six. And it's at five, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was five and a half. It, it was yeah, it's, it's bouncing around a little bit. Um, so, yeah, uh, that would be a cover for the Bengals at this number. I, here, oh, man. I, I feel like I've picked against the Raiders a lot this year. Um, but they found a way. Like, yeah. there's been so many games that have been close. You know, 6-0 on games that ended on the final play is a, a real testament to this team for sure. And, and people are not going to like this, but it's also not sustainable. Like, that, that is the kind of thing that doesn't happen over, the over you know, a long sample size. Over a short sample size, sure, you can see fluky things. But that just doesn't happen. So, at some point, it's going to go against them. Uh, I'm going to say they lose in overtime. Oh. 27-24. You're going overtime again. Well, at some point, they're going to lose a coin flip game at the end, right? I mean, you're going to go. It, you're going to go against six walkoffs. They're going to they're going to lose on a walkoff finally. Wow. All right. Uh, let's keep it here then. Um, New England, Buffalo, Philly, Tampa, San Francisco, Dallas, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Arizona, Los Angeles. Give me your number one upset of the week. Oof. You're, you're not going to like it. I know who you're going to go with. I'm going to go with a different game, but I know where you're going. <laughs> what, 49ers? Yes. I mean, it's a very trendy one. Actually, the, the trendiest among the among the uh, the analytic nerd crowd, which I am proudly in, and, and I think people that follow me on Twitter understand that uh, from some of the some of the things I get angry about during games, um, is is New England. Yes, people like New England against Buffalo. I I just Mac Jones has really struggled lately, and I I'm I'm not gonna, as much as I love Belichick, uh, and I think he's great. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to ride that one, but I do think 49ers find a way to get it done in Dallas. Okay, I'm going to England over Buffalo. Okay. <laughs> well, are, you, are you wait? Are you joining the 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 nerd crew? Uh, I probably always uh, belong to something like that. But what's the nerd crew? Well, it's it's more the you know the the math and data driven uh, no. uh, crowd of uh, of of the NFL world. Um, a lot of the numbers geeks are, uh, and again, I'm saying that because I'm part of it. Are very much a part of uh, a part of being on New England this week. All right, I'm not of the nerd crew. I do a radio show in the morning with one of them. Oh uh, wait, yeah, that's true. Uh, you wait. So you were you were for or against Staley going for it on fourth down deep in his own territory? Oh no, I was for for this reason because that's who he is. I don't. I didn't put yeah. analytics or numbers to it. I just said, look, if this is who this guy is the whole year, you don't want to change. Then right, that's who you are. That's what he's kind of made his whole reputation off of. So I had no problem with it. I, but it wasn't because I like, like you and um, my radio uh, buddy, Tyler Bischoff. I mean, you could probably quote stats and analytics. I just think if that's who you are, that's who you are. I would have been disappointed with him if he punted. I've got to be honest with you only for the reason that that's who the guy's been the whole year. And I hate people who change, you know, and tighten up just because there's something on the line. So no, I had, I had no problem with him going for it actually, but it wasn't analytically, analytically driven either. In your case, yeah, in no, his case, no, it in is. His case, it everything's was. analytically driven. In my case, I just say, hey, you did this the whole year. Why are you changing now? Because there's something on the line in the game. I mean, if you believe in your guys, which you did all year, why don't you believe in them now? And then the way that uh, I've been trying to find ways to, and there's a, you know, there's some people out there that can really put a, a lot of the analytic decisions into layman's terms so people can understand it more. Um, the best one I can I can come up with um, that I understand a little bit better. Uh, to you know, in order to explain it simpler, 
is it's like it's like playing blackjack, right? And and I think a lot of people, you know, that live in Las Vegas, especially listen to this, and even uh, a lot of our California listeners. What's up, everybody? What's up? Uh, I think I think they play some blackjack as well. Um, it's it's very much about you know whether you hit or stay in blackjack, right, right, right. And and a lot of people just play it on field, yeah. And it's like, ah, uh, you know what? Sometimes I hit on fifteen, sometimes I don't. I just it's how I, you know, it's just how I feel in that moment, and. That's that's a little bit of how um, you know traditional football coaches have been, and 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 it's been you know oh I don't like hitting on sixteen against a ten because there's just too much of a chance to bust. That's punting. Yes, yes. Um, math math will tell you you should hit on that sixteen against the ten. That's what you're supposed to do every single time, and it's not, it doesn't mean you're going to win every time. It doesn't mean you're going to you're going to actually be successful every time on doing it. You're not going to always get a five, but in the long run. Uh, over a course of an entire session of playing blackjack, it's going to work out better for you. At least it should. Um, and I don't mean in session. I mean, over your lifetime of playing blackjack, it's going to work out better because the math tells you that that's the, the better situation to be in is to hit it. And so a lot of people don't really get that. They're like, well, but what if you bust? And that's what it is. What if you don't get it on fourth down? Well, you're not going to get it every time, but it does put you in a better position in the long run to win. All right, let's do some other analytics. I want you to get your analytical uh, evaluation of Skyline Chili. It's the big thing here in Cincinnati. It's the weirdness of putting spaghetti under chili on top of cheese, maybe throw some onions on there. I think it's disgusting. I'm going to go online. I'm going to go on record with that. All I've I've done is seen pictures of this stuff. I refuse to go and eat this stuff or even look at it. Um, You and I are walking through the airport last night. Huge, huge posters of this stuff, of the the spaghetti and chili. Thank goodness they're not a sponsor. Or maybe they will be in a few weeks, and I'll have to, you know, uh, uh, take back my comments. But what are your thoughts on Skyline Chili? Because we are here in Cincinnati, and it is the thing to do. Oh uh, yeah, they're very proud of their disgusting chili around here. It's, it's everywhere. So a lot of people do point out, like you just did, like it's it's the chili on top of the spaghetti, and that's like the disgusting thing that people like to yeah uh, like to you know say about it. It's really it's the chili. It's not real. It's not really chili. It's a disgusting like sauce. It's it's just awful, and they just put it on everything. They put it on hot dogs, uh, in a bowl, on French fries, on spaghetti. They just throw it on everything at Skyline. But it's not it's not even that. Like it's not the fact that you put it on spaghetti. It's the fact that it's a gross oh. sauce that they refer to as chili. It's not chili. Yeah. So you've had it. Listen, I lived in Ohio oh. as a child. Well, yeah, but you, you, and we'll get to one other thing here before you break up is uh. We came in, we crossed the river last night and you weren't happy. You're an Ann Arbor guy. And I think your father once told you never, what do you say? Never, never sleep a night in Ohio? Yeah, don't stay a night. And that was after, so we, we moved all over the Midwest as a kid. Um, we just went from town to town. We were like carnies essentially. Um, my dad used to open, uh, there's a, a motel brand here in the, in the Midwest. Um, and he would just kind of go like from motel to motel and we would live in motels and, um, it was a, a quite an existence as a child. Uh, but yeah, we were from Ann Arbor and ended up living in Columbus for a while. And it was an ugly time oh. uh, in our life because we would wear Michigan gear every day to school and the kids were not happy and the teachers were not happy. <laughs> uh, things went badly. That was also, I mean, just to, not to de- dive too far down the well, but uh, it was also when I got here, um, not to, you know, cast dispersions on the people here, but uh, I was supposed to be in first grade. They put me in third because I tested into sure. it. Sure, so I was like a very, even though I was a big kid for first grade, I was a very little kid for third <laughs> grade wearing Michigan gear every day. And uh, it did not go well for me. It was ugly. We made it about three months 
before they were, we were like, we got to get out of here. So we moved, we ended up moving a little bit down south to, to Maryland, to, to the east. Um, so, yeah, it was an ugly time. I just don't like it here. My dad said, if you can avoid it, don't ever stay a night in the state of Ohio. He was very disappointed in me that I was in Cleveland for five days. And uh, and now he's like, oh, now you're in Ohio again. What do you like it there? I'm like, all right, Dad. I'm, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to not do it, but I have to. You have to. Uh, it's, it's, it's an ugly, ugly state. Well, on that note, that's going to do it for our latest edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by Blue Wire. Remember now, there are new episodes of Vegas Nation every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe to Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcasting app. You can check out Vegas Nation Game Day while we preview the Raiders and Bengals. Find all that coverage and more at VegasNation.com. For our producer, Larry Meir, and my co-host, Adam Hill, I'm Ed Graney. We'll talk to you next week. We'll either be previewing another playoff game or we're going to be wrapping up the season. Talk to you then. (laughs) Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite.